Ladies and gentlemen, with another edition of PHLY Union Podcast. And you know what? I I feel like we should be talking about a playoff game this upcoming weekend. But with the way the MLS schedule works for the playoffs, we're waiting 12 days. That is right, guys. We have an actual date here for our next playoff game. We will have to wait. We are going to vent, and we want you guys to vent as well. This is all a family, remember? We got some other things to talk about, international breaks, but welcome, everyone. I am one half of your host, JP Sapata, here at PHLY Uni Podcast. And, of course, joined as always (laughs) with the lovely Renee Washington. Renee. I like how you say one half of your host as if we're like half a person each. We're half but a I, show. <laughs> I, get it. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. We should be talking playoffs, playoffs, playoffs. I was doing the echo for you. But because instead we're on a break, break, break. And here we are. It's like I feel I feel a little bit loopy today. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't feeling like this all day. But as we got closer <laughs> and closer to the show, I felt like I got a little bit loopier because as you're mentioning, we should be excitedly talking about the, you know, close out of round one, which we can and we will. But the excitement leading into the conference semifinals, yet instead that we have to wait until after Thanksgiving, which Thanksgiving's very close, but it's not that close. As you mentioned, 12 days away, which is going to mark a whole, what is it, 18 days from that Wednesday <laughs> closeout game until the 25th of November. So as I tweeted out, we set the date, and now there are eight. Eight is the magic number in Philly right now. Eight straight wins for the Sixers. I like it. Eight wins for the Eagles on the season. And eight teams left in the MLS Cup playoffs, mm. and the Union are one of them. But that's, again, that's it's hard to be like super excited with 12 days to wait. the last one, that's for sure. But it, So I wake up this morning, <laughs> and, I, and I see the news, oh right? And like I just couldn't help. But just get angry. Like I, I try not to be, get, not try not to get angry. But I'm just angry because how is it that we're trying to grow this big sport within this country, and after the playoffs that we had last year, that we were a main component of. Mm-hmm. Now you have fans. Number one, you know, I was talking with our producer today, Tyler. Make sure you guys shout out Tyler in the comment section. But we were talking about how like Apple TV, you know, kind of hurt the experience. And now on top of that, with you know, fans, casual fans who don't want to get subscription, which is, you know, that's that's understandable. But now you gotta ask these fans, both casual and diehards, mm-hmm. to wait weeks. It's 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 a two-week wait, more than two weeks that we have to wait here for this next playoff game. And a lot of these other teams have to go through the same thing. This is I'm Renee, I'm sorry, but this is unacceptable. What are we doing here as a league? <sighs> Listen, I don't even know. I guess you know what my question is, what's got you the most mad? Is it the fact that it's such a long break or the fact that it's such a long break again, or is it the fact that it's like every time the league gets us excited about something, then it's like things just go a little bit differently because even the, the Apple TV deal has been great. I love what it's bought for the exposure, but also with everything being behind a paywall, it's the exposure has also caused 
lack of exposure. Yeah. It's like a really weird double-edged sword. And then the playoffs, the same thing. There's an international break, and we'll get into all the different players for the union that got call-ups. It's, it's great to be able to represent your country. It's great to be able to go play, you know, with your respective squads. Just not great in the midst of mm-hmm. a playoff push. So, I don't know. I'm trying to pick, like, what has me the most mad, which is probably why I'm feeling a little bit loopy today. Because I'm like, you know, I'm just kind of on a, screw it. It is what it is now. Because the MLS is, like, beating themselves up and having such great strides. And especially after the NWSL championship game Saturday night, which was insane. Shout out to Gotham, who I've I've covered all season and got to see them win the first title ever. We should now be having that same momentum rolling into the MLS because typically the NWSL is a little bit ahead of schedule. And like we know, at this time last year, we already had a champion. We Mm -hmm. already were crying and upset because the union lost in the MLS Cup. Yet we are one month away from the final, which is booked for December 9th. So the schedule being so behind. And so when I say of all these things we could be mad about, I think the biggest thing that I'm most mad about is the lack of consistency. As we know, we live in a world in this day and age where people have the attention span of a gnat (laughs) and are easily confused and lost and need consistency and need, you know, the, the algorithm has to be consistent (laughs) and you have this all over the place type of a schedule where it's like, Oh, you might play one game this month. You might play two games in the month of November. Who knows? Or you might have to wait until next month. It just it's it's all over the place. It leaves for chaos and confusion, and people don't really thrive well with chaos and confusion. So that's yeah. true. Neither, neither do we. Neither do we for <laughs> sure. But I mean, the Apple TV thing was definitely frustrating. I mean, like you got to get a hold of their subscription. I always talk about like how many subscriptions I have personally in my own household. And I'm paying way too much, but obviously I'm paying for. I'm going to pay for Apple TV. Like let's let's get that out of the way. <laughs> but I, I think um, I share Apple TV. Uh, See, you're smart. I don't mind admitting it publicly on the no, digital. Some, I don't, I don't own or pay for a single app. It's all shared. Renee now is flexing on us. I'm flexing. <laughs> Shout out to my my day ones that I share with because we all have, everybody pays for one and then we just share the, the logins. And Until Netflix even sees now, you that scare. Well, Netflix <laughs> has some rules now where they do actually try to confirm your household and oh, I have yeah. to text them like, hey, so-and-so, I'm, I'm trying to watch a movie right now. What's, can you log, can you get me through? They're making it difficult. Yeah. And for now, knock on wood, please, Netflix, don't flag my account. Um, actually, you don't know it's my account because I don't own it. So you don't know. <laughs> There's the funny part. Same thing with Apple. You don't know which one is my account. It could be under Bob's Burgers. It could be under Cloud9. You have no idea. Um, but... That's the way it's just too many apps, which is why I have I went back to cable also because I'm tired of scrolling back and forth. It's like, oh, if I want to change which game I'm watching, I got to go app to app. And I wish there was a way to just have it all in the same spot. Oh, there is cable. So that's where I'm at now, Throwback. being that person again. I, I do, however, <laughs> I, I do think, Renee, that all the other leagues are going to be doing the same, unfortunately. Like, I think the NFL, the NBA, like they're going to do their own thing with their own subscription service. But what really ticks me off, Renee, about this playoff scheduling is because I'm such an advocate. You know, I'm an MLSer, as they say. <laughs> and for me, like this, this image of the fact that we have to wait so long between each one of these playoff games makes us look so bad. You already have a whole contingency of Euro snobs who already don't understand why we have to have a playoff system to yeah. determine our champion of the league. And then you have the the casual American sports fan who's used to, you know, this week you got your first round, next week you got your semis, mm-hmm. then the, the conference finals, and now we have to ask these fans to go through a round one, best of three series, 
then round two is going to take 18 days after that. And mm-hmm. then you got your common final, then you got your finals. Like this just makes us look look like a Mickey Mouse league. And that is what Mickey makes Mouse. me mad because I don't want to look like, I don't want to look bad. We're, we're growing as a league. We're making such huge strides, but stuff like this, believe it or not, is going to stunt our popularity because who wants to watch that? Yeah. I mean, you think about, obviously we just had the world series and it's, back-to-back games every other day um you know you might you do have a day between the home you know the the traveling for traveling purposes but it's in the course of a week teams are playing four or five games obviously major league baseball has a lot of games in general okay let's take a look at the nba or the nfl um now the nfl obviously is different because the nfl is not playing back-to-back games but it's Every week. And then you have a break for the Pro Bowl, and then it's a Super Bowl. You know that schedule. It's the same all the time. The NBA, with their formatting, it's, you know, the first two games are at one location. You're playing every other day. Then you switch. You go to the lower seeds uh, arena. Then you play those two. You know, it's structured. It's organized. The Virgo and me love structure. (laughs) And so I agree. It just is a shame because... There's such great momentum coming out of like you look at the round one results and we'll take a look at the playoff picture shortly. Not yet. Uh, You take a look at the games that we just saw. They're exciting games, Mm -hmm. but they're happening every eight to 10 days. It's like now you have to wait. And then even for the sports talk around it shows like this and make sure you guys join the conversation with us. Hit that like button, jump in the chat for shows even like we have to come up with creative things to talk about yep. and how, okay, we're going to talk about the international break. It would be awesome if we, you know, for the coverage standpoint, now you have injury updates, you've got game updates, you've got, you know, obviously you add in something like Kai Wagner situation, all these different things allow for you to have exciting shows and content and coverage, but there's even a drop off in the coverage because there are no games. Yep. You know, we had a nice, post-game show after the union defeated the revs to to win round one and then we're on a you know an exciting high from that leading into the thursday show and then now here we are we got to create that spark again like, it, it <laughs> is it, absolutely great like even like a person oh, like man. myself like i know like you have that feeling before a season when you feel like mm-hmm. it's your year like you know what that feeling is like and for someone like myself i know around the time period the nfl the nba the nhl the mlb ends so i can be like all right well you know if the phillies go on a little run i know like this week may be the parade week so let me right. start putting in the word to my boss i can't do that with the union you know my, my boss will be like um so like i am thinking about a parade i'm not sure exactly when but it's gonna be in the winter time so you know <laughs> just hold off a couple weeks for me like that that's just rough no, in its own no. right as well Oh, that's basically it. There's no planning. There's no structure. There's no way to know. How are we supposed to be real fans out here? Come on, MLS, help us out That's here. the thing. How are you developing real fans if you are all over the place with your schedule? So, yeah, it's nice that in other sports, you can know exactly where you're going to be, what you're going to, you know, you can be planning for traveling out to your games or where like you're I'm watching so. from. There is none of that. So, all right. Anything else you're mad about? Anything else you want to get off your chest about the playoff format? Trying to be too mad about many things, but <laughs> I mean, I, when I'm trying to help the growth of our league and our league's not helping us out, of course, I'm going to get a little bit upset. But no, I mean, like, I, you know me, the optimistic train is rolling along and I do feel good heading into this playoffs. We'll, we'll obviously have plenty of time to talk about why <laughs> I feel good about this matchup against Cincinnati, but 
Now the the the, the positivity train keeps rolling on, Renee. Oh, so you're back. We're back. We're back. Listen, we're we're we were we're all we're positive about the union, but we're upset with the MLS and doing this oh, to, to our union. Okay, so just I felt like you had to make a quick stop at the station to kind of like <laughs> let some some frustration out and then like the get track, back on track. The track is what's annoying me, but the train <laughs> is good. Okay, I'm sorry. While we're talking about the track being annoying, let's just make this a venting session really quickly. I am very irritated with the discussions around the field surfaces. Okay. And I know I've said this on the show before, and I want to just say this again. This is nothing new. Mm -hmm. You know, we just saw, I I saw Megan Rapinoe go down, Achilles injury. We've seen knees. We've seen, obviously, across NFL, MLS, NWSL, all sports that are playing on field, whether it's, you know, it's the grass, the turf discussion, it's soccer being played in a football stadium. None of these things are new. None of these things are new. It's just now that the a lot of the injuries are happening to big name superstars. Now suddenly everybody's paying attention. The entire NFL and MLS is pushing to no longer have turf fields. You have all these people that are completely pissed off. Messi won't step foot on turf. All you know, all these big names that are frustrated. But as somebody that grew up playing soccer on crappy grass fields or real, or turf fields that were wiping out ACLs left and right, and especially in the girls' game, this is nothing new. So I'm a little frustrated because now all of a sudden, everybody has something to say about turf versus grass. This is nothing new. Ask any women's soccer player over the last 10, 15 years that watched teammates go down. I know people that tore their ACL three, four, five times between their two legs. But now we're having the conversation. I'm glad we're having the conversation. But I just think about all the athletes that have had their career come to an end. And because of turf, the turf, getting caught up on your spikes. Do you wear turfs? Do you wear cleats? All the discussions we've had around turf. And now because Aaron Rodgers ruptures his Achilles. We just saw Kirk Cousins with an Achilles. Megan Rapinoe Achilles. Now that we're seeing ligament issues happening with the biggest stars, the biggest names, all of a sudden people can pay attention. So again, happy people are paying attention. Happy we're finally having the conversation, but this is nothing new. Mm -hmm. And it has always been a situation where we needed better surfaces for athletes where you're not having to be carted off on a non-contact injury because your spike got caught up in the turf. Turf is great for longevity. It allows you to have multiple sports played on the same pitch. You can have, you know, I, so many fields which drive me crazy of all the lines, lacrosse lines, football lines, soccer lines. So it's great from that standpoint, but it's terrible for the athletes. And it always has been even the days where we used to plow, you know, it'd be snowing outside. I'm like, Oh great. It's snowing. We're not going to have soccer. Oh, here comes a plow on the field plowing it. And now we're playing soccer on rock solid frozen turf. This is what soccer has always been for women, especially, but in general, but now all of a sudden people can pay attention so I, I, I'm kind of torn because I feel like the, well, back in my day, but back in my day, <laughs> it was soccer fields that overlapped with the outfield of baseball field. Oh, God. Soccer fields that are being played on name a sport. Soccer fields with these big divots down the middle. Granted, grass has gotten much better these days. There were just so many things that I'm like, wow, if only things had been different growing up. So many players like myself might still be playing, but... Here we are. 2023, all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, light bulb, let's get rid of turf. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, big shout out to um, the turf, <laughs> I, I guess, manage, manager over at Subaru Park, CJ Buck. 
you know, because that's not an easy job whatsoever. No. We, we might have to have him in here to kind of explain that whole process in general. Yeah. But, you know, where did they where did they play the NWSL final? It was out in San Diego at Snapdragon Stadium. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's where they're planning playing the MLS team as well, from my understanding. So it's a beautiful, one. it's a beautiful setup, but they had the semifinal game was there as well. So it's a quick turnaround. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing they were saying. They were raving about how the field, you know, came out and was ready for the championship. And then three minutes in, Megan Rapino goes down, non-contact injury. Final match, too. Final match of her career, an opportunity. Everyone was excited for Allie Krieger, Megan Rapino. Granted, the game still was a fantastic game despite the injury. But three minutes in, Megan Rapino literally just going to challenge a, a pass, slips, falls, and is done. And now is in, is in a boot. And I, I hadn't checked, but she said it was her Achilles, and you can tell when it's an Achilles. Oh, she was unhappy. I yeah, saw her press yeah. conference as well. But I, I guess, you know, my question here is that, like, I mean, how, how much longer before more players like Megan Rapino go down until we start making a change? I think for the MLS, it's a little bit easier. I mean, like, the easy fix is, like, yeah, let's get these let's get these teams, like, soccer-specific stadiums. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what it comes down to. Obviously, NYCFC has had their long share, but it does seem like they are making their progress. Uh, I don't know about Atlanta. I, I think Atlanta is kind of content with their situation because when they're putting butts in seats, I mean – why would they want to get out of there? Uh, the Sounders is another situation because it's been working kind of for them, you mm-hmm. know, and then getting out of Century Link, it's, it's going to be hard now. But like the easy fix is, you know, MLS teams. I know NWSL is a little bit di- different, it's a little bit more difficult because of the money, but like MLS teams, especially, don't play there. Like, yeah. you, you try to find these stadiums. And I, I know everyone wants the shiny downtown stadium, everyone wants to be Columbus, everyone wants to be Atlanta, <laughs> but that's not, that's not always feasible. And, Reminder, you know, stadiums like Super Park, you know, in Chester is not a bad idea either. And there are more and more of them that we're seeing for both leagues and needs to continue to be more. And when you're building these beautiful stadiums, put in good grass. It's that simple. If you're you're not building it to share with any other sport, put it in put in grass. But even for football stadiums, there there's more and more of them wanting grass. And the crazy thing is. There's so okay, not to be all nerdy and everything, but there are mm. there's more than one type of surface. So there's different types of turf, but there's also different types of grass. Mm-hmm. Like Bermuda grass, for example, is really Ooh, easy to maintain. Okay. I know. I it's like bit, it's it, it okay. Google it sometime, guys. Definitely do a deep dive. It's not <laughs> you don't need to just have traditional grass. There's actual grass specifically for sports that manage that you can manage very easily and very well so i know this podcast just became into a discussion about green grass next up we're but, gonna do our mount rushmore on grass surfaces. <laughs> and surfaces but that's the other thing it's, it's lazy because you're going with what's quote-unquote cheapest as i say in air quotes for those listening on podcast platforms because of the fact you can manage it with other sports you can easily have multiple sports play on it but you can have really good grass that you invest in that if you maintain it well enough will also do a good job of working through all the different sports. So there's other alternatives. 10 years ago, Bermuda grass and stuff was like once every once in a while, you would see a soccer field with Bermuda grass. Now you can find it in a lot of places. It's, it's a lot more feasible and accessible. People just need to actually do the research and make it happen. Absolutely. So I'm done. And rant. Well, all this talk about stadiums, <laughs> Renee, got me thinking as well. Well, why don't we help our listeners get to the stadium? That's because we are partnered up with Game Time App here, ladies and gentlemen. You ever been stressed out or ever been thinking about going to a game while tailgating? You don't have tickets? Well, that's where Game Time comes into play. 
right before the game, find the best deals, and then book it right there with Game Time App. And right now, we're helping you out. With the promo code PHLY, you will get $20 off if you are a first-time buyer. Everything from concerts, football, basketball, soccer, events, whatever it may be. Make sure you guys are using the Game Time app and use the promo code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. And thank you to our sponsor, Game Time. Game Time? Yes. Well, I wish it was Game Time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sit there and wait, Renee. <laughs> We're all, all going right, to be I'm doing done. the same. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Let's, let's talk about some games because okay. we're frustrated, but we're frustrated also because it's been a really great For sure. stretch in the MLS cup playoffs. Um, we of course have had to wait because fortunately the union did take care of business, got done in, in two games, did not need a game three on Saturday, the 11th. And so now is a chance to kind of look back this weekend and just watch the other games getting played out. And so let's take a look at the updated Eastern conference playoff picture because the Union headed to the Eastern Conference semifinals. Ooh. That's right. Now, the Columbus crew did eliminate Atlanta. That game was insane, yeah. that 4-2 game. Well, and the last two games that they played were very high scoring. Very, That was a fun matchup, to be honest. Love lots of goals. Lots of excitement. Uh, I know we had it on here at the office on, on Sunday, because that was just yesterday. <laughs> days, days, guys. Days are all messed up. Um, days are so messed up. But that was a good one. Um, and then also the PK shootout that we saw between Houston and Sporting KC. Also, uh, or Houston, excuse me, knocking off. It wasn't Sporting KC. So Houston knocked off RSL I was gonna in, go in to, penalties. Yes. And now they're playing Sporting KC. So that also was a lot of fun. I, I love penalty kick shootouts I was, yeah i was a uh, part of many of those and used to take mm -hmm. pks back in the day but something <laughs> about being able to like cheer your team it's a whole different beast from just traditional game action so that was a fun one to see rsl and houston go down to pks um but yeah overall looking at that playoff picture and uh tyler if you can flash that up one more time because i actually wanted to make sure we can talk through the matchups now. Here's the the full total picture. Just eight teams left. And although we've had our doubts with the union, you've been driving the con as the conductor of the optimism train. The union are one of those eight, of course, matching up with FC Cincinnati on November 25th. Which of these series, as you look quickly, um, has you the most excited? Of the 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 semifinals here. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have a lot of good ones. I'm very intrigued here, obviously, by Houston SKC, only because the eight seed's there. I'm actually mm -hmm. a Cinderella guy. I love the Cinderella story. <laughs> SKC, could they be that team? Obviously, well-coached. They have a solid bunch, very well-structured. And then you have Houston, yeah. where DC, DC United fans, cover ears. Yeah, Ben Olsen's running the show in Houston. They are, not only did they win U.S. Open Cup, but now in the semifinals of the Western Conference, and I think that that is going to give us a really fun matchup. But no, we talked about it off air before going in, right? Like all eight of these teams, you realistically could say could be the two finalists. That's wild. You, no one has any idea who it's going to be. It's not like last year where, you know, Philly and L.A. were literally on a crash course to face off against each other in the MLS Cup final. It's going to be fun. There's going to be some some um, some drama. Uh, who's I don't know who's going to be these two finals. I'm hoping Philly's one of them, and obviously Philly has a really good shot. We have four really good matchups, and the best part, wait for it, it's not a three-game series. I was going to say, yes, which is weird, though, because why have a why I have know. a best of three and then turn around a single elim elimination? It just doesn't make sense at all. If anything, it should be the – like, I would – I'd go as far as to say I'd love – I would be okay with a best of three MLS Cup. 
single elimination all the way through and then you get to the MLS Cup and it's a best of three. Because why does why round one? Like what why round one and no other round? I, I guess. Like I know it is also getting cold. So there is that actual yeah. factor because for certain areas like Philadelphia, uh as you get into November and December, it is getting very cold outside and you have the potential of running into snowstorms and things like that. Columbus, all you know these different Orlando has no problems. But that could be an issue, but it still makes zero sense to me. If you had the playoffs tighter and there weren't 10, 12, tw- you know, 20 days between mm-hmm. games, maybe you have a best of three series in the conference finals and the MLS Cup versus round one. Do you like the traditional like Champions League setup where it's like by aggregate? Two I games? don't know. That I makes don't, it so weird. I don't, I'm not a big aggregate fan because while I, I think it allows for you to be able to look at the individual games almost as halves. Mm-hmm. So like game one is like the first half and game two is like second half. So you have the ability to make up some ground. But I also I would rather just have it be a standalone game. And now when you look at, for example, the Columbus series versus Atlanta, game one was completely different from game two, which was completely different from game three. And it allows each game to have its own identity and its yeah. own excitement because that result is what stands. So I think personally... I'm not a fan of the aggregate, uh, but I see why they do it. It adds something unique and like it spices things up a bit. And apparently in soccer, we're always trying to do that. So I don't know. Are you a fan of the aggregate concept? I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not obviously not a fan of what we're doing now, but I'm more (laughs) so like if we're going to do something, whether it be aggregates, if we're going to do series, if we're going to do single elimination, that's fine. But just stick with it. We have done every single iteration of a playoff since 96. Yes, that's when the MLS started. But we need to stick to <laughs> that's something. That's how long it's been. And go with it. Because like we just said, like fans know, like NFL fans know when the playoffs start, know when the conference championships, they know mm-hmm. when the Super Bowl is around the time period. The Super Bowl is a national holiday in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we can't even come up with a certain system, dates. Like we, need, I just want to stick to something. I don't care what it is. Just stick to something. I'll suck it up. I'll deal with it. But also, casting makes sense because... This, ladies and gentlemen, does not make sense either. No. And Jillian Almoney, and clearly you know what you're talking about because your name has money in it. You're saying that (laughs) round one is the best of three because Apple TV and the money uh, is is made for some good games. And it took forever. And we agree. It took so long to get through round one. And honestly, the playoffs in itself could have been between the start and the end of round one. You could have got a whole playoffs, a whole playoffs done. We could have a champion by now. But because you had to wait until you had eight teams that victorious, you have 16 different teams in, you have some series that obviously went to game three, so it stretched things out. It was so much over so many weeks that that it took a month for round one to get done. Literally. One month. Was it November 8th to November? How'd that work? No, no, I'm sorry. October. My bad. My bad. (laughs) October, like 27th. I think is what it started 26 because it's 25th, 26 was round one. That seems like it was eons ago. Yeah. That seems so long ago. I've I've aged since then. I'm growing <laughs> gray hairs at this point. It's been so long since we started back before Halloween. Literally. And here we are now preparing for Thanksgiving and finally round two. So with that, the conference semifinals are a doubleheader on November 25th, starting 5:30 Eastern time, Orlando City taking on number two, Orlando City taking on number three, Columbus Crew. That's gonna be a great matchup. And then a, a nice rematch of last year's Eastern Conference semifinals, our very own number four Philadelphia Union facing off against the Supporter Shield winning 
number one FC Cincinnati, ready to take Ooh. down the big dogs. That'll be at TQL Stadium at 8 p.m. And then Sunday, also a doubleheader, starting a little bit later in the evening. It is Sunday, but it's a lot. It's so much later. 7 p.m. is the first game as the number four Houston Dynamo take on number eight Sporting Kansas City. Always great to see a Cinderella-ish team in. I don't know if you can even call it that, air quotes, because of the way that the season has been going this year. Uh, that there is no true, as we talk about, favorite. And then we've got LAFC, Seattle Sounders for a 2-3 matchup at Lumen Field. And then the conference finals will be December 2nd and 3rd, and the MLS Cup will be December 9th. So, okay. so real quick. By this time in a month, we'll have a champ. Hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we don't that, get a snowstorm or something before then. <laughs> it gets delayed. Uh, that Orlando-Columbus matchup here, if the Union do advance, who would you rather face off against? It doesn't matter because uh, many reasons. Um, listen, I would say the matchup might be better against oh Orlando City. I, I think, think I like I think I like Orlando better. Honestly, I feel like Columbus. When I watch them, I feel like we still haven't seen the best of Columbus at times, and they have continuously like watching them against Atlanta. Their offense alone gives me. Gives me nightmares, it was especially really, with uh, defensively the Union being shorthanded. Yeah, I'd be I'd be very nervous. That that Columbus Atlanta matchup really came down to who could play less or who what defense can make yeah. more plays because I mean I mean you guys saw Brad Guzan. I mean mm-hmm. I talk about Mega Rapino's final game. I think is Brad Guzan's final game as well because that was just atrocious to be to get eliminated like that. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, um, you know, shout out to a friend of mine, Kristen Bernard, who's the Columbus crew president of business operations hey. and yeah, and the crew do a good job. Um, but Jillian, Jillian saying that the same thing, Columbus worries her more than, than Orlando. I agree. Yeah. I just feel like Columbus is, Ooh, yeah. Their offense is something else. And Ooh. the union do not for matchup purposes. If you have to make this a game that becomes a defensive battle, that makes me nervous. And if you have to make it a game that's a shootout, that makes oh, me nervous. Yeah, so. for sure. <laughs> I think I like the scoring. matchup with Orlando a little bit better. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, it's funny too because Wolf Hernandez in his first year, and those guys already bought in. Obviously, Kuchar, Ian Locke, Kuchar Hernandez, which finally Colombia <laughs> called him up. It only took an injury, but they finally called him up. But you know, we we look, watched that match as well, and it was interesting how Columbus was able to use just the whole width and move up the ball. And I'm looking at Renee, I was like, wow, wish the Union could do a little bit of that as well. But they they are they are fun. They are they do seem like. They are on a crash course. I know a lot of people want to see that all Ohio Eastern Conference Finals, but we need to say no. Ohio versus Pennsylvania. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> when you watch other teams, there's little nuggets that you pull from that it's For like, sure. oh, I wish I don't I wish this. I wish that. Um, wow, my friend Kristen actually just stepped away from Columbus. So as I was like, I was like, I wonder what Kristen's up to. And I just went through. <laughs> all right. Well, By shout out for her doing a great job with Columbus. She's just stepped away as of like not too long ago. Interesting nugget for anybody that was ready to call me out for being incorrect on that. She was the president at Columbus crew of business operations. Anyways. Yes. When you watch other games, that's part of what I'm looking at. Okay. What are they doing? Well, what are, where are the areas that you feel like they could be exposed and how does that match up for the Philadelphia union? Now, obviously we've got plenty of time to get into a deeper dive for the FC Cincinnati union matchup. Definitely am excited uh, for this opportunity to to be able to have a chance to knock off the number one seed. Because when you have 
for any playoff push, you to be the best, you got to beat the best. Mm-hmm. And so the union did it last year and a great chance to show it was no fluke. You're the real deal is to be able to do it again this year. This season's been an interesting matchup with them so far. Again, we can get a deep dive into that as we progress a little bit more, but I'm definitely looking forward to finally having that game be played on November 25th, but also, um, you know, looking to see how they, how they come out in that game. It's weird because I find myself conflicted. I don't want to rush and have the game be here because that means we're like rushing through Thanksgiving. I, I love, I love the holidays and I love Thanksgiving week as, as a whole. So I don't want to rush through it, but I'm, sure. I'm like, Oh, I can't wait for the game. And I'm like, but I also can wait because it's I mean, it's basically week. December at that point. You know, just so much, so much is going to have happened by then. So <laughs> it's be a fun week. You obviously have the biggest drinking day of the year, but day before Thanksgiving, it's all your yes. old friends. Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't know, Renee, I'll probably come in the next week, probably 20 pounds heavier from all food about the, you know, Thanksgiving. And then mm-hmm. you got, you need soccer and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun week that week. It is. I'm excited for it. And I definitely love the leftovers that I'm mm-hmm. going to be having. So I don't have to cook meals for the next, like, I, my leftovers stretch. You can freeze some of them. You, yeah, my leftovers stretch. So I'm looking forward to having meals where I don't have to worry about cooking breakfast, lunch, or dinner because a lot of Thanksgiving food can also be used for breakfast. Yes. Ham, anything with eggs, like deviled eggs. Oh, I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. Pies. Oh, my gosh. Ah, I'm so excited. Ah. Arroz con pao. One more time. Ah. You're okay. arroz con pao? Okay. Arroz con pao. Rice with what? So what's pow? Pow. So growing up, my mom after turkey. And you know my family's not eating that Thanksgiving, but you just wanted to say it. <laughs> so a little 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 fun story about me. Growing up, after Thanksgiving, my mom would get the old turkey. My dad loved this dish. So she would mix rice, peas, carrots, ketchup, the turkey. And that was like my favorite. My, I'm sorry, rice, that was my peas, dad's favorite. Rice, peas, carrots, ketchup? You had me until ketchup. Ketchup in a Hispanic household, Renee, is I feel like condiments yeah, in a Hispanic sure. household. And I had and I'm I was about to say I have Spanish friends, but I've eaten a lot of Spanish dishes and it's very heavy co- with condiments and sauces. <laughs> I'd be like, Mom, I'll take a turkey sandwich. I'm tired of the arroz con pao, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> so the pao is pao, so turkey in Spanish is pao. I thought okay. I was I was I knew it was the, pollo, Okay. Pao. Yeah, okay, okay. Interesting. Huh. So we're here for guys. Yeah, I don't. You. That's not um, typically at my Thanksgiving, but <laughs> you know, no, it's not. So it's not a Thanksgiving dish. So it's like what you use from that leftover turkey oh, because like you just run out dish. of ways to eat it. You ran out of the signs. Arroz con pao. Now you have like, like a it. crap ton of turkey, and Mama Mama Zapata is trying to figure out what to do <laughs> with with her three hungry men in the household. So. <laughs> So it's like, here's what you're going to get and you're going to like it. For sure. You get what you get and you don't, <laughs> you don't make any complaints about it. <laughs> All right. Well, one thing you can always make sure to eat well and, and have a great time around that adults compound or whatever it is, yes. that turkey sandwich, that ham sandwich. It's hero bread, guys. Let's go. Hero bread's perfect for the holidays because it allows you to be able to eat. You talk about being 20 pounds heavier. Eat as much as you'd like, but you're doing it in a nutritious, delicious way. Mm -hmm. So over at Hero Bread, I love the fact that what got them started was looking for something that didn't have to deal with allergies or diet restrictions or anything like that, but giving you a nice bread product that has the whole gamut. So whether it's the sliced bread or buns, rolls, tortillas, whatever it is, it's all possible to purchose that at Hero Bread. You can use that code PHOI that's on your screen when you go to Hero.co. 
And with that PHOI code, you get 10% off of your purchase. And they've got fewer calories than the leading national brand. They also have high fiber, ultra low net carbs, zero grams sugar per slice, and lots of options for you. Very mm-hmm. delicious and hearty. I've had them myself and great as we're getting into the holiday season. So maybe instead of 20 pounds, you're gaining like 18 pounds. So hero.co, <laughs> use that code PHLY and get 10% off of your purchase at Hero Bread. All right. Well, we've skated around talking about the MLS Cup playoff picture, the updated playoffs. Finally, great to see us heading into the second round and Elite Eight, so to speak. But as we're getting into it, I do want us to take a chance to have a little bit of fun. And, uh, you know, when I was thinking about things, we can some games. I love a good like wordplay or alliteration or catchy title. And in honor of the late Suzanne Summers, I went with Three's Company because okay. I used to love that show. And come and knock at our wait, is that the wrong come and knock at our door? We've been no, that's the wrong song, I think. That's come one show that I did not watch. Unfortunately. That's the um if not, I would have your back right now. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait. No, it is Three's Company. Yes! So much for I she love that it. show that I forgot the song. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. Now I have to watch Three's Company when I go home. Three's Company (laughs) 2. Okay. So we're going to play some Three's Company. All right. John Ritter, Suzanne Summers. What a great show that was. Now, I wanted us to take a step back, JP, because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we've got plenty of time to fully preview the matchup between FC Cincinnati and Philadelphia Union. And so with Three's Company, we're doing a little spinoff. Three's company was, and the whole concept is of like three people living together, making it work. Well, let's talk about three people playing together that need to make it work a little bit better with how they're performing on the pitch. So my vision is three players that we feel like we need more from. We want to see them do more. Three's a crowd, apparently. But with these three, we know they have the opportunity to really take the Philadelphia Union from just being in the Eastern Conference semifinals to winning it. And we need more from them. They can make, they have implications on the game, their impact players. So I'm going to let you go first with one of yours that you want to see more from. Who is one of your three's company guys that we need to see more from for the Philadelphia Union? I'm not going to go with the most obvious one, but it's also part of some of the news that we're about to talk about in a little bit as well. But I'm looking at Quinn Sullivan and I'm not looking at his play before this, Okay, but going forward. So Jack uh, McGlynn and Nate Harrell were both called up to the other 23s. Typically, Quinn Sullivan also does get called up. These are important calls up for these young players as well. So I want Quinn to come out here with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. He's been so close to scoring that goal. You saw his performance in game two. That's what I want to see more of, that tenacity. And just mm-hmm. don't be scared. Who cares about how old you are you're playing with, with with men? Go out there and ball out. So my first player, I'm looking at Quinn Sullivan to just play with the chip on his shoulder. And it's simple as that. Get yourself that goal, my guy. Okay. Well, my guy is someone else that I want to see get more involved in the attack, and that's El Brujo, Jose Martinez, who has three goals, three assists on the season. He's made uh, 21 starts in his 24 appearances, but it's it's more than just that for, for Jose. The impact he has on the midfield is special. We yes. see him be able to, whether it's defensively stopping transition, helping to you know al- allow the union to get numbers behind the ball, 
winning 50-50s, or on the offensive side, taking shots from distance, helping to get the offense started, being a playmaker in that sense. And he picks and chooses his moments, and I'd like to see more of that. I think he's so steady and consistent defensively where you see him matching up with opponents' middies. And as we know, the midfield is a spot where the games are win- won and lost a lot of times of who's winning that midfield battle, who's winning the 50-50s, who's helping to switch the point of attack. Who's helping to get their team out in transition and the spacing and things like that. And I would love to see Jose Martinez offensively take it up a notch. Looking at that second game against New England, felt like some of his shot selection was questionable. I felt Mm -hmm. like he was forcing it. I want to see him get more involved offensively with maybe it is, again, switching the point of attack or playing some dangerous passes higher up the pitch. Or it is getting yourself into a position to be able to take that shot from distance. We, we saw him score against FC Cincinnati earlier this season. We obviously saw that incredible goal against Orlando. We know the ability Jose has as not only a playmaker, but a finisher. And I think if he can get more offensively involved versus just focusing on the defensive end of being that clog, that stopping transition, I'm interested to see how the midfield as a unit can really take a stride against FC Cincinnati. And it's a perfect one you say because my man just got snubbed for goal of the year. And you know who won it? Luciano Costa, who he's going to go up against in this playoff, mm-hmm. in this playoff series or playoff that game. Part. So I, I definitely love that one. Yeah, my that's s- something to prove. Yeah, absolutely. My second guy, I'm going um, defense here. I'm looking at Olivier Baizo. Now, Olivier is someone we have constantly criticized here in Philly for obvious reasons. And in this matchup in particular, we we talked about no Kai already in the New England series and still no Kai here in, in this game against Cincinnati. So what I'm looking for from Olivier, obviously Nate's going to hold it down from the other end, but obviously Nate doesn't play on the left. Nate is not a left-handed uh, kicker as well. So for Olivier... It's going to be a tough matchup with Alvaro Barreal, who's a really solid, one of the best left backs in this league other than Kai Wagner. So I'm looking for Olivier Baizo to hold his own. I know it's going to be a tough challenge, but Olivier, this is it. You know, we talked about transfer rumors in this past summer. He obviously asked to be transferred, and it was something that's going to be looked at in the winter period. Well, here's here's the time, you know, Olivier. So I'm looking at Olivier Baez to just hold his own in his, this tough matchup against Alvaro Barreal. Mm, I'm going to keep on the defensive side because it's, can I say Dame time? No, probably not. But <laughs> Damian Lowe, I'm looking at you. Um, Damian Lowe has been taking such big strides as a center back. We've seen him in the three back. We've seen him as a traditional center back with the union and especially with Jacob Glassness out and hopefully Hopefully we'll see Jacob Glesnitz be able to get back if the union can continue winning. Damian Lowe has a big role on this team, you know, alongside Jack Elliott, who we don't even talk enough about. Um, Lowe has the ability to really be the, the steady, aggressive player that's not only helping defensively, but then helping the union win it and get forward. Nate Harrell does a good job of that at outside back. We saw Lowe do it in the, when I, specifically looking at the second game against the Revolution, mm-hmm. I love the fact that on set pieces, he wasn't just going up there, contesting for the first one, and then retreating back. We've been seeing him having more confidence in the attack to be able to keep the attack going. So that second wave, okay, you guys don't score or get a shot off on that first set piece. Ball still alive in the attacking third. Damian Lowe's making final passes. Saw him make a little flip pass. I saw him trying to, you know, keep possession going and was getting involved. So I think for him, one thing I've liked is there are moments I see his role as a leader growing where he's vocally being the leader on the field. We also see moments of him really doing a great job of spacing, field awareness, keeping everything in front of him, his positioning at center back. 
But then also now, can you take that next step? And I know I got on him about being overly aggressive at times, but can you find ways to, whether it's in transition, making the, your clearance is now a pass to start transitioning the yep. other way. Or on that set piece, you're helping to get that final shot on goal. You know, I think Damian Lowe has so much potential that we haven't even seen him fully tap into yet. And in just his young career already, I mean, obviously he's, ha he's had two goals. He's had 11 shots. He can generate off offense, but he also is someone that I think has the ability to be a playmaker out of the back. You know, I love center backs that can help also be the first pass and starting the 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 transition, the attack. So winning those 50-50s and now, okay, off of your clearance, you're finding, you know, ure, ua, or you're finding, <laughs> as you say, ure, ua, or you're finding, you know, Nate Harrell up the left flank, whatever it is, to start the transition. So I want to continue to see that elevated game from him. Plus, it's obviously going to be a huge matchup in general against FC Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And you're going to need, from here on out, for the back four to be lights out. And it starts always, I think, with your center backs, and of course, with Andre Blake behind you, of keeping everything organized, neat, tidy, and allowing you to make sure defensively your, your shape is, is looking good. But then now offensively, you guys are releasing to get forward and helping to start creating. I don't know, Renee. With all this time we're waiting for the next game, we might have glasses back. Honestly, <laughs> and, and it, it is very close because the prediction was three, four, was like four weeks, I yeah. heard originally and it's been about that already but i know there would still be some time after to get back into practice and everything so we're, i think he would be yeah like we're hopeful we're not we're not saying here on the show just to clarify that jacob glessons will be back on the 25th but he actually his timeline should be getting closer that he should be able to start you know doing some sort of activity and stuff like that so i'm looking forward to seeing what the updates are from the union about glesness and his timeline because as you're mentioning that would be huge that could be possible that would be huge because you could possibly i mean I, I know you're not a big fan of the three back set but i would probably rather see that than harriel playing on the left and maybe you can use matt real on the left your concern with matt is defense but he has no problems moving off the pitch yeah. and, and contributing that at factor and that would obviously add a different dimension to your attack but the last guy we we both agree upon, um, and that's Mr. Mr. Gaz Daddy, Mr. Gashdak. Um, <laughs> listen, Daniel has obviously made an impact from the PK spot, and, and that's obviously we we thank him for that. That's obviously really tough to do, but kind of like that difference maker from that creative attacking midfield position, we haven't per se seen that as much and that's something we've talked about even during the post game show and mm -hmm. that's we need to see more from Gazak as a whole and mm -hmm. it's simple as that yeah and last year Gazak a part of obviously the huge offensive production that we saw from the union and the historic numbers that they put up in terms of goals but to have 24 goals six assists in MLS play specifically in the 37 games and then this year at 15 and how many of those are pks yeah, yeah exactly in 100 games <laughs> uh yeah it's what 11 he's at 12 or 12 now he's at he's at 12 goals he's at 12 now. of 50 like 53 52 games we played so far yeah it's yeah it's ridiculous so i think for as great as we're seeing him be composed at the penalty stripe to be able to put away pks which is not easy and again been there done that no it's not easy we need more from him. It can't just be relying on we have to get a penalty kick for Daniel Gazdag to, to score or to be a threat, honestly. And I want to see him be more dangerous. You talk about Quinn. I would love to see Daniel play with more of that energy that we've been seeing from Quinn. And even, you know, looking across uh, Joaquin Torres and uh, Chris, who comes in and, and has a game winner. Like, there are 
plenty of guys that don't have as much talent as him, but they're just working hard. Yeah. And Daniel Gazdag should absolutely be doing more. The offense is great with Julian Carranza and Michael Ua and all the pieces, but it's Daniel Gazdag's offense. He's got to be the guy. He's got to be the guy that's that's at least helping to get forward, to threaten, to create attacks, to create shots, to create corners, to create final passes, to create something. And there's no reason why he should have stretches where he unfortunately kind of disappears a little bit. His movement feels a little stagnant at times. I don't know if he's getting lost because he's sometimes playing as a forward, sometimes playing more as a as a traditional 10 and the attacking midi role. But he's not like he should just be going. Yes. He shouldn't ever see. He just kind of stays in the middle and it's a lot of flicks and small passes. I want to see him stretching the field. I want to see him driving balls across the box. I want to see him making that 20 yard run diagonally to stretch, you know, FC Cincinnati's back line. So I would absolutely hope that we're going to get more from him. I'm a little bit concerned, I should say, with just the ups and downs that we've seen from him. I know it's a lot of games. Don't get me wrong. But it's a lot of games for everybody. And you've yeah. got to find a way to have more of a presence and an impact as the leader and one of the better players on this team. Just to add to your point, like one thing I saw last year from Gazak that I haven't really seen a lot this year is like when you're in the box, like we saw it even on the game two against New England, take the shot. Take the shot. What, what happened? To, why are you so timid all of mm-hmm. a sudden? Like just take that shot. And Ian's agreeing with you as well. Yeah, I know, Ian, you made a comment in the chat. The three-back worries you because it's semi-successful. I agree. I'm not a, I've am not. i never been a huge fan of a right. three-back because of the matchups. And you do have to have wingy, wing, wingers, excuse me, wingies. Wingies, wingies I too. like that. Wingers that are flying up and down the pitch to quickly get back or someone that's sitting in as your holding center mid that does a good job balancing you because yeah. it definitely leaves you susceptible in transition, which concerns me with the union because they already sometimes, with a four-back, get caught in transition. Oh, but... Yeah. Looking at Daniel specifically, there was one play that I just can't unsee. And it was, uh, I know I pointed it out in the post game show, okay. but I believe it was, it, it was Quinn, Quinn Sullivan crossed it into the box. Yeah. Daniel's the only one crashing the net. Granted that in itself was an issue. Should have been more numbers in the box. Ball comes across. He actually is looking to almost see like who's going to score. <laughs> and it rolled in front of him where he could have, I've seen guys. And I, I mean, I've seen players over the years that will do like a slide. You can like slide. And as the ball's coming in, you're sliding it into the goal. You can just sprint and have a burst of speed and literally just let the momentum of your body and your pace carry the ball into the net. And he kind of slowed down in that moment yeah. and looked as if he was deferring to somebody else. And so I don't know if he's in his head a little bit. I do know as goal scorers, it's hard. Sometimes when you're not getting the goals or you're not getting the success you want, you find yourself mentally overthinking everything versus just letting the game unfold. And maybe, who knows, maybe he is in his head a little bit, but I would love to see him play with more of that, you know, high energy, intensity, just being relentless and just allowing the game to unfold instead of just kind of waiting at times and deferring at times. That's a good point. I haven't thought of it like that. What if he is overthinking it? Because Probably. obviously, like, you see, he sees the numbers. He sees where they're not scoring like they were before. So maybe he's like, I got to do extra. Like, he's it's just resulting in him missing out on a situation like you just talked about. So And you cannot play soccer thinking. No, you can't play like, sports in general thinking, but definitely not react. soccer. Like, you have to allow the game to, to go, and you just are instinctually, naturally moving around Especially it. Especially that position. Yeah, there's no time to think, okay, what should I do here? What should I pass? What should I there's no time. The best plays are typically the ones, and I'm saying this from experience, where you afterwards are like, holy crap, 
did I just do that? Like you're yeah. surprising yourself. Those goals where people are like, wow, how did you do that? Or why did you take that shot? I don't even know, you know, versus like, oh, I, you know, I was thinking this is so he needs to get back to just playing free flowing and stop overthinking. He's a talented player. I know there's a lot of pressure that might feel like it's on his shoulders, but it doesn't have to be. He's got Julian Carranza. He's got Ua who can score. He's got other guys that can score. But if he can just play his game, it'll actually take less pressure off of him um, or I should say more pressure off of him and put less pressure on him because now you're allowing your teammates to feed off of that energy. And we all know how contagious it can be looking at even Sunday night's game for the Sixers, Tyrese Max's 50 point game. That's that elevated play takes the pressure off. Once you see your top player working hard, hustling, doing all the little things, it's contagious and guys will feed off of that. So I think if he can just get back to the little things, he'll be fine. You know what else is contagious, right? <laughs> a little fresh drip. And we got you covered with the fresh drip from FOCO, ladies and gentlemen, our other sponsor here. Nice. The leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectible, novelty items, and much more. So whether you are a fan or you're starting your own podcast, FOCO's got you covered with the best gear of what you need. And right now, for all non-presale items, you can use the promo code PHLY. And you will get 10% off. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure you guys check out FOCO. And thank you to our sponsor, FOCO. Yes. Well, as we get ready to wrap up, there's some other news that we can get into. Oh, yeah. um, Around the league and uh, just unpack a little bit. So I know we've got the call-ups, which have been great to see. Of course, it's always nice to see. And welcome, Santiago. Nice to have you here in the chat with us. Pleasure having you uh, drop in your, your fly eagles fly. Tyler Zuli is the MVP. Yes, he is. Tyler's behind the camera going, yep, thank you. Thank you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, it's a pleasure having you here. We've got some other storylines to get into. And for everybody, we just went through our threes company picks. Let's take a quick look at our final picks. Um, these are the names. We both have Daniel Gazdag. And then for myself, it's it's Damian Lowe, Jose Martinez. For you, outside of Gazdag, of course, Mbizo and Quinn Sullivan. Quinny. Quinny, Quinny. I like that. There's our threes company come and knock on our door. I'm going to watch threes the show. Company too. I just skipped to the whole metal part. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So now that we've had a chance to talk about some guys that we want to see more from, let's talk about some other stats, uh, news, I should say, stories that we've seen, starting with the call ups. Always great to see the Philadelphia Union be able to have an opportunity to get represented, especially internationally. Oh, yeah. And so love the fact that as we uh, are talking about Daniel Gazdag, did so get the call up, of course, getting to suit up with Hungary. Um, it always makes me think of Hunger Games, actually. But <laughs> uh, He's called in for Hungary's Euro 2024 qualifiers. We also saw Damian Lowe and Andre Blake get called up as they're representing and joining the, the Jamaican national team for the CONCACAF Nations League quarterfinals. Um, the youngsters, JP. Yeah. The youngsters got called up as well. Let's you ta- talk about that one. Yeah, Nate and Jack get called up for their preparation for the Olympics, from my understanding. Um, so this is what we were talking about. So Quinn typically does get called up as well. Brandon Craig as well, but obviously we know Brandon Craig's situation. Uh, but for Jack and Nate, obviously they have really caught a lot of eyes as far as the youngsters here in Philadelphia. Uh, Jack obviously knows has a vision of Andre Pirlo sometimes, I feel like, out there. Uh, and then, of course, Nate's been working his butt off. I and mean, we, we raved about him after game two. Mm-hmm. His workload has increased. 
and he's very deserving of of, the, of these type of call ups here. So happy to see the kids get called up. Obviously, with the with the youth system here in the United States, um, they obviously hold Philly in a high regard. So I'm very happy to see both of them get called up. You have Edbro Martinez as well getting called up by Venezuela. Mm-hmm. So not a huge crowd of players, but it is big as well. Taiba Ribo too. Yeah, and Taiba Ribo, who of course missed the second game because of the call up, since. Uh, They do have more games to make up. So, yeah, it's always great to be able to see a number of different Philadelphia Union guys get represented on the international level. Seven players that were able to receive international call-ups during this break for their respective teams. So plenty to uh, keep an eye on as we're watching them. And we will be talking about them more, especially as the games are unfolding. We'll talk about them more and and update that as well. Uh, But there's another Union star who I miss sometimes. That is also doing well, Mark McKenzie. And I always loved Mark because Mark reminds me of, well, the only reason he reminds me, to be completely honest, is I'm black and he's black. And his name is Mark, spelled the exact same way as my dad and my brother. So I always felt like he was like my long lost, my other brother. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've definitely going to throw that that out there because it literally is Mark. And every time I hear the name Mark, it makes me think of my dad and brother and he's also a black guy like them. So I think (laughs) it's so important what Mark did. So if you guys don't know, Mark right now is playing in Belgium for KRC Genk. My brother's in Belgium. Hey, a hundred (laughs) matches. He's suited up for Genk. A hundred matches. Uh, We haven't had a union player suited for a European team for a hundred matches. So for Mark to do this, it is humongous. I would have thought he would have been out of the, of the Belgium League by now. But, hey, everyone has their process, and you just got to trust it. Yeah. And for, for Mark right now, you know, he's getting, I, think he's, I think he also got called up by the U.S. team, if I'm not mistaken, for this Nation League's call-up. I'll have to double-check that. But I'm so proud of Mark. You know, he was part of that, that summer or that winter period where we sold Brandon mm-hmm. and Mark. And that was really kind of – that really helped jumpstart the academy to what it is now because we were developing kids, right? We yep. had kids that were helping this team. But now being able to sell kids off to Europe, now you have something to show the next generation. This could be you. You could be the next Brandon. You could be the next Mark. And I'm, I'm, we obviously are rooting heavy for Mark here in Philadelphia and just hope that he continues his success. But 100 matches, Whew. that's incredible. Truly Insane. Incredible. I know Mark was called up with Brendan Aronson. They were both called up for nice. the September friendlies. I believe they are still going to be included this go round, but I'm not sure either. Uh, either way, always excited to see, as you mentioned, former union players doing well internationally, uh, you know, representing and, and, and succeeding, you know, even though we'd love to have Mark McKenzie still here in a union <laughs> Jersey, but, but that adds to the fandom too. It's it like, does. it's like it's, when you're like a Penn state fan, you see Saquon Barkley balling mm-hmm. out or, or, or Miles Sanders balling out. Like for us seeing Brendan or Mark playing really well in Europe, that that's, that's the same thing, and that's what we're yeah, trying to do. Yeah, it's like you're around. watching your cousins or family members go off and do well and succeed, and so you do love that. And just like you love to see, you know, former union players and that are feeling like cousins. Well, how about our cousin station, sister station, yes. brother station, whatever you want to call them over at PHNX, the Phoenix Rising FC. They clinched and won the 2023 USL title over Charleston, and that was – um an exciting game came down to penalty kick. Yes. PKs that they won. So Phoenix rising. Congratulations to you guys. I know I, I was seeing the updates across Twitter as they were talking about it, but it was a, an epic comeback as they call it um, to come back, tie things up, win in penalty kicks 
And so uh, hats off to the Phoenix Rising, who are the USL champions for 2023 season. Very happy for our our brothers and sisters down in Phoenix. But why don't we have an MLS team in Arizona? Like they've had a lot of success too. The Phoenix Rising oh, had no. a lot. Of well, why don't we have like Arizona is actually a really good market for soccer. Let's bring a team to the the MLS. They have the Phoenix Rising. Yeah, Phoenix, yeah. USL's <laughs> fun. That's another debate for another time. Yeah, you've already got enough rants for one day, JP. You gotta really back in here. You're usually you're usually a positive Patrick, and today you're being a pretty <laughs> ranty. Randy over here. So uh, with that, I think it's time for us to get out of here before you get some more rants going. Um, as always, been a pleasure for you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Santiago, Ian, Julian, whoever that El Parcero Philly guy is. Uh, just kidding. It's JP. Uh, <laughs> just in case someone's like, oh my gosh, she's so mean. So thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of PHOI Union Podcast as we had a chance to have some fun on Three's Company. Come and knock on our door. Also getting into the picture, the bigger playoff picture and updates from round one. Looking briefly ahead to round two, we will have a much deeper dive as we get closer to November 25th. And much more coming up as we also talk through the international call-ups for all the union players that are representing all seven of them. We'll keep an eye on them as well. And we definitely will be updating you guys as the international games are being played out. Santiago, get back to work. I hope you have a great, lovely day for you and for everybody else. Have a great rest of your Monday. So for Tyler, JP, I'm Renee. We will see you guys back more live here Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern time for another edition of PHLY Union Podcast. See you then. Dude. We all silly like the mayor. 